Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report. Dom Knight here. And for this afternoon slash weekend, we thought we'd look back on one of our favourite conversations of this year from back before we did the special afternoon editions with the longer interviews. Charles Firth and I sat down with John Safran, one of our favourite comedians and satirists, an all-round brilliant guy. Talk about his book Puff Piece, which came out a few months ago. It's about the way that the tobacco industry is reinventing itself and bringing out new fancy gadgets that aren't quite the same as cigarettes as we know them traditionally, but they still have some of the same problems and how they're even trying to rebrand themselves as health conscious. How on earth can a tobacco company be health conscious? You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. It'll begin right after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. When we welcomed John to the show, I pointed out that his publisher had sponsored the podcast recently, but we would have talked to him anyway as long-term fans, etc., and being John Safran, he sniffed out potential corruption. Well, it sounds like there's going to be like a media watch kind of uh, yeah, knock, knockdown of this about podcast how... Podcast watch is not yeah, a thing, podcast watch. I like to think that it's it's part of the theme that your book has as well, mm. like the, the compromise that, that we all have. Yeah. You know, we yeah. accepted money from you to advertise your book. Yeah. Um, in the same way that, you know, Philip Morris sort of compromises people, but it's just, it's part of life. Isn't well, it? well that, that was what was so cool about looking at Philip Morris because it's such a high stakes example of this because pretty much anything short of Philip Morris, you can kind of go, well... You know, like really, like I'm really finding it hard to get worked up about how Puff Piece sponsored the Chaser po- podcast, and now he's being interviewed. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm even finding it hard to do it anyway. Yeah, I know, but I'm even finding it hard to get worked up that like McDonald's says they've got a healthy meal because we kind of all know that they don't or whatever. But this um, Philip Morris in general, and particularly their brand new shenanigan, which no one knows about up until this book, is like such a the most high stakes version of this that it's like hard to kind of go, well, does it, does it really matter <laughs> that they're continuing to uh, kill 8 million people a year? That was certainly a surprise <laughs> for me was that um, all the way through the book, people are going, why, why are you so, f- what's your issue with Philip Morris? They're just, they're just corporate <laughs> citizens just trying to make a buck in this difficult world. What is yep. your issue, Saffron? The, uh, well, I, I think, uh, Part of the reason that uh, people think that is because there's just something about cigarettes that it's the most unzeitgeist issue sounding issue. It sounds like something mm. from the 1970s or whatever. Like, oh great, oh good on you, John. Cigarettes are bad. Small round of applause. Corporations like, oh thank, oh god, John, thank God you're here to tell us all this, right? Except, it, it, even though it's like seems like such an unzeitgeist issue compared to like. Uh, issues, which of course are important. So I'm not like 
um, ragging on people for having, you know, like you have issues like Black Lives Matter, you've got things like Me Too, you've got things like trans rights, you've got all these things, and they just sound like of the moment issues. Mm. And then you've got uh, cigarettes, which sounds like, uh, yeah, it sounds like a, a, a 1970s type thing. I say in the book, it, like, it seems like the kind of issue, like, it's like a, a, a yellowing, faded Winfield ad in a women's weekly magazine from the 70s that's like in a box Mm. in your garage that you've kind of forgotten about but here's the thing it's still the number one health crisis in the world it's uh out of 52 million people who die of everything eight million die of cigarette related issues so those it's really zeitgeisty for the like the cancer cells kind of like growing in your body (laughs) it is quite it couldn't be more topical for the cancer cells yeah it's immediate for them but it is a bizarre isn't it that we've spent the past year and a half turning the world upside down to prevent one public health problem while we've forgotten about the other which has killed you know also killed millions yeah and but my, my particular interest in this because i'm a sociopath people would go hang on isn't john a sociopath i don't understand why he cares about like public health or whatever but the my my entry point to it was more i I was just so confused and curious because i read this full page ad in the newspaper maybe two world no tobacco days ago because there's a (laughs) once a year there's a world no tobacco day put on by the united nations and on the eve of that Philip Morris took out a full page ad and they're saying, oh, we're, we're going to close down as a cigarette company and we're going to relaunch as a health enterprise and we're going to be trying to get the one, the, eight, the one billion smokers a year to stop smoking, including all our own customers. I was like, wow. that's very impressive. <laughs> well like, done, Philip Morris. And I What's your problem for, with that? Well, I don't have a problem. I... Like, I first gave them the benefit of the doubt. I remember reading that paper. I was going, this is so interesting. Is this like when apartheid ended and the government just decided in South Africa, listen, we just have to, we can't do this, and it's all over. So I I was open-minded about it all. And then I started um, poking around and I realised, I cannot believe it, but Philip, they're the people, they're the Melbourne people, by the way, that... I couldn't take what they were saying at face uh, at face value. Oh my value. god! Really? So what they're doing, and it's so clever what they're doing, and it's so filled with, and it's also like so ten steps ahead of us and everyone. And so I'm like running after them, trying to kind of understand all this. So so what? This is what they say. They've got this. They've been working on a new device. And to make this very complicated thing a bit easier to understand, let's nip this in the bud. This isn't a vape. Um, so they've got this, uh, they're, they're, they've been working on this new device for years and they're releasing it. And, and they say it's not a cigarette. Right. And mm. well, so what but, is this? Not a vape, not a cigarette. So what is it? Well, well, one big thing, the European Union, their parliament... They decided, like, because they don't like cigarettes and they want to ban all cigarettes, but they've got to start somewhere. So they did, like, this incredible thing last year, which was ban menthol cigarettes all across Europe. So you can't manufacture them and you can't buy them. And they chose menthol because you have to start somewhere 
And mm. that's the cigarette that young people who don't yet smoke, and also people who just don't smoke in general, that they're uh, most likely to start with that because it's nice and smooth on the minty fresh throat. Yes, minty fresh, practically a health food. And uh, so anyway, so it's getting banned. It's like, how wild is that all across Europe? So probably the most consequential pushback against uh, cigarettes ever. That is and uh, and Philip Morris they go okay fine cool okay we will we won't produce menthol cigarettes anymore we'll go along with it good on you or whatever and then they said oh by the way we've got this new product and uh, God knows it's not a cigarette and then they show it and look at this what, look at that are you uh, it's so a he's white holding up a cigarette cylinder <laughs> that looks exactly it's kind of like if a cigarette and a it's, tampon had a baby. <laughs> So it's like a short cigarette. It's like a it's like a cheap cigarette, fun size yeah. cigarette. <laughs> so it's like they say, listen, we've got this new product, and uh, it's tobacco rolled in paper with a filter at one end that you plant between <laughs> your lips, inhaling nicotine and tobacco into your lungs. But God knows, it's not a cigarette. It's a heat stick. <laughs> it's a heat and, stick. <laughs> a heat stick, right? And you might think, how are they gonna? get away with this like because you just hold it up to anyone you don't have to say it anything looks, and they're like it looks oh, amazingly cigarette like <laughs> it's a cigarette like it doesn't look at anything like a vape or anything like that it's a cigarette right and then but the most amazing thing is that the european union even though they had all those like wise lawmakers working on this legislation for years to ban menthol cigarettes they did not factor in what happens is philip morris just says oh uh, this is a heat stick. It's not a cigarette. <laughs> and it worked. So menthol cigarettes oh are banned all across Europe, but they can mm. still sell menthol heat sticks. And I, I just could not believe that. And 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 it was, it was galling, wasn't it? Because they, they actually launched their menthol... They, it's called ICOS, isn't it? Yeah. Like, their menthol ICOS cigarettes across Europe on the same day yes. that menthol cigarettes were banned. Yes. So can we just ask how... How does that work, though? So you've got that cigarette. What do you do with it? So this is this just is different. what they. I mean, I, I can. Um, oh my, oh my god! My, I've got my heat stick caught in my icos. This is like. Um, <laughs> I feel bad. Oh wait a minute! So, so is ma- that not an icos? No, no, no. You see, this is this is where, this is where like part of all their misdirection. Just sec. Why won't that come out? Hey, can it I go off sounds, and get a skewer? Icos get- even sounds like iPod or iPhone. They even put an eye on the front of it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So then. So what happens is a heat stick, instead of being lit by a lighter, instead what happens is you've got this little device here and it looks like a spaceman's, an astronaut's pen or something like that. looks pretty cool. And what, what, what you do is, here I'm, I'm throwing, holding this up, you insert the heat stick into that and then it's you press of- this and it heats it up to an incredible degree, uh, the tobacco in the heat stick. Uh, yeah, so the device is called the ICOS, but it never actually catches a light, according to Philip Morris. So right. they say that even though the heat is creating a discharge that mm. looks like smoke, and at the very least is filled with tobacco and nicotine that you inhale into your lungs, they say because it hasn't caught on fire, therefore it hasn't combusted, therefore... And they say smoke is caused by combustion. Therefore, this thing that kind of seems a lot like smoke containing nicotine and tobacco that you're inhaling into your lungs 
isn't technically mm. speaking smoke. Therefore, mm. they use the word, and it's a very clever word, better. They say it, say it's better than a cigarette, and they're very careful with that because, like, better's not safer or healthier, is it? Or less risky, really? You can't sue so, over better, can you? Yeah, it's better. So, but but the way they present it, the way your ears are going to take it, is that this is uh, safer or healthier than a cigarette. But I, the way I just explained this to you is not the way Philip Morris would. And uh, and it just shows their ingenious misdirection at every step of the way. Because I, I, I introduced a whole heat stick to you. I said, here's a heat stick. It looks like a cigarette. They kind of park that to one side. And the, all mm. they t- they like to talk about the ICOS, which is this metallic-looking device that heats the cigarette. So therefore, already you're kind of not looking at the thing that looks exactly like a cigarette. And... Mm. Mm. And they're discussing the technology of it and how it heats and how you plug it in. It's got a little light and everything. So that's like mm. the first major misdirection. They're sort of making out this is the thing, the ICOS, when really, no, th- this is the thing, the heat stick. And that, But they, they're just like, oh, yeah, anyway, you just stick this kind of tobacco unit in like that. And so because <laughs> they don't want you to like uh, concentrate on the heat stick. They want you to concentrate on this thing uh, called the ICOS, which just makes it even more confusing because you plug this ICOS into a wall to charge it. So therefore, I guess it's an e-cigarette, an electronic cigarette. And then you've also got vapes that you plug into a wall. So I guess they're an e-cigarette. So suddenly you've got this e-cigarette thing, even though a vape and a heat stick are, are very different in the most consequential way, which isn't saying that there's not questions to be asked or dangers or even worse with vapes. I'm just saying that uh, this is all part of the confusion that Philip Morris manages to uh, leverage or whatever. So this is this is why this and a vape are so meaningfully different is because in a conventional cigarette, uh, they contain con- tobacco leaf and tobacco leaf generates tar and tar is the thing that kills you. It's like the main danger in a cigarette. Right. Whilst a vape doesn't contain tobacco leaf, therefore it doesn't generate tar. Therefore, people who, who support vaping, they can say, and it's totally the truth, they can say the most dangerous thing in a cigarette, tar, isn't in a vape. But in a heat stick, there's, there's, there's tobacco and therefore there's tar. But they don't. They don't call it tar anymore, do they? No, no, no. Everything's. Uh, I, I just because we kind of hear it, and we, we don't really ruminate over it. This whole thing of like, oh, language is so important, and you can manipulate people with language. And but this is like the most high stakes modern example of of doing this, and the consequences of doing this, of sort of like changing words and evaporating meaning out of words. So, first of all. This isn't a cigarette <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> then on top of that, they say it's not generating smoke. It's generating aerosol. And all this stuff I just went along with because, like, what do I know, right? And then one day I'm just looking up the dictionary. I'm looking up. I'm going, well, what is aerosol actually? Because I don't know anything. And I look at aerosols. It gives its definition. And then it's giving examples of aerosols. And one of them is smoke. So the, <laughs> so the fact that it's an aer, it's an aerosol doesn't necessarily mean it's not also smoke, but that's controversial. 
Oh, not controversial. That's complicated. But well, they're it's not ironic top- given that aerosols are the thing that we now all fear because of COVID. But anyway, that's a whole other, <laughs> other thing. And and then the other thing is, if you go and you want to research into this because, and and you know that it's tar that is the deadly thing in a cigarette, and then even years after, uh, like Philip Morris was taken to court because they they this is the olden days because they were promoting low tar cigarettes as being a better alternative and healthier. And then the courts found and Philip Morris had to concede it, that no, 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 tar's just bad, whether it's low tar or regular tar. And low, low tar, so tar is the deadly thing in a cigarette. So then you look at this, you look at the ingredients in this and there's no tar in it, right? And that's because they've changed the word to tar, from tar, they've changed it to nicotine-free dry particulate matter. So if you're looking <laughs> <Wow>. at the... <laughs> And they're so clever at it that I was reading this, uh, this in a, either a science or a medical journal and these scientists, and they hate Philip Morris. They're trying to take down Philip Morris and take down the heat stick and the ICOS. And even they got duped by this and confused mm. by this new word for tar, nicotine-free dry particulate matter. But it's even like, this is how clever they are because I, I, I was always being suckered in and then it's like I'm driving my car three weeks later and realized, damn, they got me again. And this is how good they are. <laughs> Even though I was writing a book all about this, trying to expose all the trickery, after the book was published, so it's <laughs> so what I'm saying now is not in the book, I'm driving along and I'm going, oh my God, they got me on another thing that I didn't notice. And, and what it was is that, just look how audacious they are. Not only do they change the word tar to nicotine-free dry particulate matter, they put in the expression this in, in that nicotine free. So mm. but they don't deny that there's nicotine in a heat stick as there is in oh, a cigarette. It's just and not so, in the particular so matter. Yeah. So they've taken the most infamous nicotine product in the world and they've isolated the bit of the nicotine product that doesn't have the nicotine in it. And then, and then they stamp on the expression nicotine-free. So now when they're talking about the heat stick and the ICOS, they can use the expression nicotine-free, even though it's a cigarette <laughs> and the most infamous nicotine product on the planet. Very clever. Or, or maybe I'm just very stupid. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. So is this going to work? I mean, they've well, got well, it has all worked. these fancy plans and, and whatever. Is this going to mean that people still smoke, but just with these far more expensive? Because this reminds me of the whole thing of with inkjet printers, where you get the printer cheaply, but then you've got to pay for the cartridges. Is this another situation like that? Have they won through the ICOS? Well, they're they on the, they're on their way to winning. It's it's hard to tell if they they have won because you can't you you know there's that joke. I think it's the start of one book, a book or something, and it's like, "Hello, she lied," and it's like with Philip Morris. Everything they say is like, you don't even get to through the hello. It's like, huh, they lied. It's like everything <laughs> yeah. they say, you can't take at face value. And one of the things you can't even take on face value is because they, they promote how this has been quite successful in countries like Japan. But uh, like, for instance, they say about Japan, they go, since we've introduced the heat stick and the ICOS, uh, 30% of smokers in Japan or something like that They've moved on to heat sticks, but shareholders, there's been shareholders who have started legal action against Philip Morris saying 
you misled us. That, that, that you haven't actually. That, that, that we don't think that's actually true. You you've like overhyped it to try to you know get us to buy your shares, and we don't actually believe it. So it's like it's very difficult to uh, mm. work out how successful this is so far. But it but it is successful in that they've laid the groundwork for getting around the menthol cigarette ban in uh, Europe, and now they've laid they've laid the groundwork in a similar sense in America because there's major parts of America where I think I don't know if it's gone ahead yet but in California is it California? I don't know where it is let's just anyway one major state in America they are either they've proposed to ban menthol cigarettes and they either have or they haven't but it's the same thing they've managed Mm. to kind of wiggle around and lay the groundwork that when cigarettes are banned they're going to be able to say da-da look at this this isn't a cigarette. So mm. so they, they, they have been that really successful. And also, right. the other thing I really I learned is that, I, I don't know how to tell you this, guys, but I think us in our little arty community, I think we might live in a bubble. <laughs> and, and, and I think we might see the world through a certain lens and other people in other bubbles see it through different lenses. So w- one of the things that really struck me is bec- I bought shares in Philip Morris, oh, wow. which meant I could get access. So, which meant I could get access to their shareholders' meetings and things, and because of COVID and everything, they're all having they're happening on conference calls and everything. And it really struck me straight away that because, but the the people in Philip Morris, when they're talking to the shareholders, you know, they, they really have to sell the story of how successful it is, and oh, th- we've got this much more profit, this much more sales, and everything. And I just thought, well, like we we, th- we live in this bubble where like. Twitter's everything and being dissed on Twitter and being told you're bad on Twitter is like, that's the worst thing that could happen or whatever. So we might think that uh, everyone's, that's what everyone's consideration is. But if you're like work for Philip Morris, what you're really scared senseless of is going to these shareholder meetings and having to say, oh yeah, this hasn't worked or we haven't sold as many. And so um, Philip Morris are just like desperate like they don't there's a limit to how much they care that people are saying that they're jerks and they're killing people because what they're really worried about is not that they're going to be dissed on twitter they're worried that they they're going to upset the shareholders and that's also part of the the reason for the icos and one of the reasons why it can have a slow build and it's still very successful because they have to tell the shareholders a story of why Mm. they're going to still be around in five years 10 years 15 years when when it seems like the world is against cigarettes you know you know they're being banned everywhere and so icos is is like a, is part of a storytelling campaign to their shareholders of mm. we've got you mm. we're, we're looking to the future we've got something here for when cigarettes are banned so yeah it's been remarkably successful in that sense too and and another yeah. one and the other way it's really successful is um cuz lots of people don't like cigarettes and so for instance they're finding it hard to even hire top-notch people because people don't want to work in uh a product uh, like this because it's like (laughs) what do you tell your friends at dinner parties (laughs) that you work for a cigarette company so they've this is how ingenious they are because i've got this product which looks like a cigarette but they say isn't a cigarette and they say this is our future this is our flagship product and we want this we want to get we want our tr- conventional cigarette business to die off and be replaced with this they get to tell a story to themselves 
and to their staff that you're not working for a cigarette oh. company. You're working for a company that's trying to end mm. cigarettes and move people on to this better, healthier, like better alternative. And so um, that's another like ingenious way that like just playing with words, you can just bend the world to like this totally new reality. And because I met people from Philip Morris and they, they're total believers. They're, they're not like, um, mm. see, I'm sure like there's all sorts of layers of people. So there are people who are just like, oh yeah, we know we're bullshitting people. But you have like younger people working for Philip Morris and they really see this as strange as it might sound to us on outside their bubble. They really think this is like a social justice thing where it's it's like cigarettes kill people. We've got to get people off cigarettes and this is going to help people. And the, and the people of Philip Morris, as crazy as it sounds, they see themselves in some ways in the same world as like Quitwick Victoria or the World Health, Health Organization is trying to get people off cigarettes because they're saying we are an other... We are another organ of society that's trying to get people off cigarettes, <laughs> just like the, like the quick Victoria people. And then it gets even insaner than that, where they say that they're actually better than the quick Victoria people because quick Victoria and groups like that and whatever the different states and different countries, their version of quick Victoria is, they say they're being unrealistic. They're demanding people, they're letting people die, quick Victoria, because they're just saying quit cigarettes totally or just continue smoking. And people aren't just going to quit cigarettes, so they're going to continue to smoke. So quit Victoria is actually like a bad because they're not giving people these sort of like baby step options like the heat stick and the ICOS. So they, and they sincerely, mm. there's people in Philip Morris, they sincerely think not only are they in the anti-cigarette business, but they're, they're better than the people from quit Victoria. But John... You know, in some ways, your book launches the ICOS in Australia. I know, I know. It? It's, it's kind of... I, I had to write this book because, like, I had to be the person, because I'm the person who's, like, such a sociopath and so attracted to the tangles and so on to sort of, like, dive into the tangles that I loved all the... I love all the stuff that I have to do to get the story. So if I was, like, working for Four Corners... It's like, I can't buy shares in Philip Morris <laughs> just, just so I can like weasel into the thing. Like, like that, that's, that's, more, that's problematic. But for me, not only is it, uh, maybe it is problematic. It's like, I love it. I, I love but, that I have to, uh, that, like, I have to put myself into these situations and I have to um, do things that you're not meant to do to get the story. I mean, the other big well, thing that... Well, part, part of the delight of the book, John, is is your description of that journey and your yes. the compromises that you make along the yeah. way. Like, it, it's such a rollicking tale, especially when Philip Morris actually offers you a free trip to Switzerland. Yep, yep, yep. So that, that was like... Yeah, that's why I'm so good. This is why the, I'm the man for this job because anyone else would either try to hide Willing it. Willing to compromise. Yeah, everyone would either like compromise and hide it. Well, they probably yeah. or they'd just be going, I have to get this story some other way besides accepting a bribe from Philip Morris. Well, or, or, I shouldn't say bribe, accepting a junket from Philip Morris. And whilst I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe how lucky I am. I'm working on this book. <laughs> And and I'm getting I'm going to get a junket which just makes the story so much more confusing and he's going to mess with the reader's head and they're going to be going oh my god I can't believe John's doing this I, I'm so confused 
is John bad for doing nah. this? And because I'm just such <laughs> a dead, because my my dedication is like being a storyteller as opposed to being a I don't know what an activist or a journalist or whatever, like I, or or even an I just love it. I can't. I I could not believe my luck when I was like writing this book about how Philip Morris kind of use their money to manipulate people and try to bend their story all way. And then when it ends up that they, um, you know, they take me out to lunch and try to do it to me. I, just, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and like, imagine, uh, and then what, I mean, then what happened was unfortunately, obviously for the world, uh, COVID and then lockdown, which meant mm. I'd kind of, not a kind of, I definitely accepted this compromising thing yeah. of the junket, but then I couldn't go Such because we were in lockdown. <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't go in lockdown or whatever. So, uh, but then afterwards, I was thinking because again, I'm just so driven by the whole storyteller thing. And so afterwards, I was thinking because because anyone else would think, oh, that that's a bummer because it would have been great to go to Switzerland and get to the Philip Morris factory <laughs> or whatever, right? But then I was thinking to myself, just say, just say they said, oh yes, you can come to Switzerland and. But but I'd done it on my own bat, you know what I mean? Like I just got mm. bought the ticket myself and went there or whatever, and 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 got into the Philip Morris uh, headquarters or whatever. That's not half as awesome as mm. being offered the junket and accepting the junket. Like that's the killer. Yes. You've already compromised. <laughs> that's there. a solid no gold. That's yeah, a yeah. that's a that's a solid gold material. And I'm like so much happier that I was given a junket and accepted the junket. And didn't end yeah. up in the fact in the headquarters <laughs> in Switzerland. Rather than I would have had ended up in the fact uh, headquarters in Switzerland, but like in a kind of journalistically ethical You're way. Accidentally ethical. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no. I think it's the opposite though, because you accepted the dungeon. You were completely compromised, but you didn't get the benefit of the I know, compromise. I know. <laughs> it was even worse. Like the stuff that because there was so much material, like. I um I, I you just can't put everything in the book, but I yeah. promise you, I promise you, I'm not hiding it. If there was anything worse, I absolutely would have put it in the book. But but it was really funny how after the junket was offered, like the conversations I was having with friends, like because no one was like, "How very dare you!" Everyone was like, "So what do you reckon? Do you reckon it's going to be like a first class flight, or are they just going to put you, or are they going to put you in economy?" A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. But, John, <laughs> without wanting to spoil uh, the yeah. end of the book, you, you, do, you actually end up with a bit of a scoop. Oh yeah, I, that was um, that, that was pretty amazing. Like this, it, it, when it, you it say scoop, so, you mean like it's like front page like, of like, the age scoop. Yes, totally. Like because it actually goes into the heart of, without wanting to reveal exactly. It's about how Philip Morris actually orchestrated things in the political system in Australia. Yeah, like, like some stuff that's like never been revealed before. So it's not. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, I was so but, excited. but to do that to I'm, get that scoop. It, you sort of betrayed a, a kind of friend yeah, slash know. contact, yeah, I know, and I know, I know, and I know. it was all sort of accidental as well. You didn't I even know. mean to, but don't <laughs> don't call it betrayal. Call it friendship two or I friendship. <laughs> well, yeah, to be you fair, just rename it. To be fair to me, like it wasn't my fault, and also 
the the person who I quote unquote betrayed, like they were very high up at a in an organization. So it wasn't like I was kicking a puppy or whatever. And also, it was no. totally newsworthy and everything like that. But what, what's I, his what's his reaction been? Um, Can you say? I know that he likes the book. Right. Yeah. It's very because hard I, I, I think it's a sympathetic away, but... portrayal of him. Yeah, and it kind of doesn't make him look bad or anything like that. It just makes me yeah. look. Well, it doesn't make me look bad either. It's just like a thing. But well, yeah, no, it'll be very sad. interesting because it's early days. Like the book hasn't been out for even a week, and I I'm not that cocky that I don't think there's not going to be some mm. sort of blowback. Like which I can't. Exp- I don't even know yeah. what to expect. And how hard was the legaling on it? Like, was there a lot of legaling? Or? I well, I got pre-briefed before I went out on my adventure, and usually because it's my third book with Penguin, and usually, usually Penguin just like I go off and you know that like they you know, I give them the idea and they might like it or not and, you know, toss up a few other ideas. But then once we agree on the idea, then I just sort of pack my backpack and go off on my adventure. Go and see Father Bob. (laughs) Go see Father Bob. Go hang around (laughs) in the forest in Mississippi. Go do tequila shots with no Nazis, depending on what the book is. And then, like, I come back, whatever it is, 12 months later, and I'm all scratched and <laughs> dirty. And, and then I hand in the manuscript, and then that's when we start looking at the legals. But then with this, uh, there was, like, a pre... This is the first book where there was, like, a pre-meeting about do's and don'ts, obviously, because it's, like, a big corporation. But then... Philip Morris litigious? It, no. <laughs> but then, then, very fortunately, because I was so um, ethical... And and so on and so forth. It was actually uh, a lot smoother than a person might expect. Uh, and and also, I've, I, I, whenever I get in kind of like legal, I have legal issues with my work, it's always so anticlimactic or at the very least <laughs> not what a person would think they would be. So, for instance, like on like on – like my TV shows where I'm doing like all this outrageous stuff, what the legal note will be, it's like – um. Yeah, like like when I go undercover, uh, when I send people undercover pretending to be Slipknot so they can get into a, a nightclub or whatever, then the thing isn't that, oh, you falsely impersonated Slipknot and it's not that, uh, oh, you filmed this in this nightclub and they didn't give you permission or anything like that. <clears throat> or It's never anything like that. It's like familiar. Um, when you showed the Slipknot album cover on screen, it was for about seven seconds, and that goes over the ex, uh, uh, the copyright acceptable use quota. So we're wondering if you could um, carve off two of the seconds and only show the Slipknot <laughs> album cover on for five seconds, not seven. So it's always like something like that. And, and same with this book. I think people would be surprised that everything was pretty smooth sailing, and there was a few legal things, but they, they just weren't melodramatic things or whatever so I, I was very lucky but partly that was because of the very fine very good legal briefing um by the good people at penguin random house so if you're listening to this and working out with it as sue just sue them and not john that's that's the tip um it's been fascinating john i kind of want to delve down the rabbit hole of vaping just because it's so morally complicated yeah sure i'm really torn about vaping because i'm i'm really against products that hurt people's health but then also think adults are better to do what they want as long as they don't hurt others via passive smoking um yeah. which is what been the problem with cigarettes per se 
you delved into this issue a lot and you met some of the, the key advocates in the industry. Where did you end up? So just looking at it from a health perspective, and because the, like the books, because the book's so much about Philip Morris, it's, it's, it's sort of like about Philip Morris elbowing their way into the world of vaping more than yeah. like it's not this really hectoring thing, wagging my finger at vapors or anything No, like that's that. why I found it so interesting because they were kind and of then, allies at various points and... And so on. Yeah, I mean, because I mean that that is another reason Philip Morris are introducing this heat stick and this uh, ICOS is is because they're at war with vaping because vaping is going to fill the hole in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, well, when cigarettes has, are banned, and mm. so they want to come out with their own thing, and so they they're very much in, in a war against vaping and the vaping industry as much as they're in a war against Quit Victoria. So. Just looking at purely from a health perspective, and obviously I'm a comedian and you need to listen to scientists and doctors and all that kind of stuff and experts, but th- this is like a real this, a general stuff. And one, one of the things we have covered, we already covered, but I'll quickly say it again, is like, so the difference between a vape and a heat stick or a vape uh, is that vapes, you are steaming, it, it's steaming up a juice and the juice is filled with nicotine and it's got propylene glycerol and it's got flavorings in it but it doesn't actually have tobacco leaf and because it doesn't have tobacco leaf it doesn't generate tar tar's the deadly thing in a cigarette so vapors can say the most deadly thing in a cigarette isn't in a vape but then you're still inhaling all that stuff i just said you're like these uh, uh, propylene glycerol you're, you're in uh, these flavorings and so there could be it, it like that that's going to have in all likelihood going to have like uh, respiratory consequences even though they they might be uh different to the respiratory consequences of a cigarette but it's all early days so there's a lot mm. of people can like cherry pick uh this and that to support their argument but this is so that's what you got to keep in mind that it doesn't have the that danger of a cigarette of tar but it, you might you're still inhaling things that ideally your body shouldn't and that could have really have their own consequences but the other thing is uh, I think what makes it a confusing when talking about it from a health perspective is I reckon, well, not I reckon, other people reckon, like the National Health Service of the British government. So uh, that if you're addicted to cigarettes, and I'm, not, I'm only talking purely from a health perspective, not any other perspective. If you're addicted to cigarettes and you spent like six months, nine months, even a year or whatever, weaning yourself off cigarettes using a vape device, and then maybe you lower the nicotine rate as you go along, and then at the end of that six months or nine months or a year, you put to one side both the cigarettes, and you're not smoking the cigarettes anymore, but you're also not vaping anymore. I, I reckon in that, in that context, there's an argument that it's a tool, it's a public health tool, or it's a tool for helping you out because it's got you off cigarettes. Mm. But then if you're just huffing on a vape for all for all hours seven days a week mm. and you're going to do it for the next 10 years i reckon that's a pretty big roll of the dice that you're not going to find out that that's going to have respiratory health consequences that could be really dire because your lungs aren't meant to take in like things like that like like your lungs aren't even meant to take in like steamed water for instance um for mm. such a sustained period of time so that's that's where i reckon it's a real roll of the dice and there might be uh, – and so people who vape that much, there just might be some bad news that even though even though the research is um, early at the moment of 
Yeah, it, it could be bad news. And so it, so that, that's why it becomes confusing as, in, a, as a health uh, argument about whether they're healthy or not, because it's kind of like depends depends how you look at it. Mm. And it and it's all through the high schools as well. Like my son, who's thirteen, yeah, has already like several of his friends have been caught in the toilets vaping, and they're in year seven. <laughs> just going, oh god! And every parent knows that the nightmare is going to be everyone's going to vape in the in high school and you're just going oh this is like this is just another sort of cigarette thing but they're not, well, they're I, not got, marketed to kids with all the candy flavors no way <laughs> no, exactly. but i mean the other confusing thing and i don't really have a end point to this but just it just explains why it's such a confusing matter to talk about is that nicotine in both a cigarette and also in a vape and also in a heat stick like the nicotine the agent that keeps you addicted to the to the danger, mm. whilst in and of itself, and there's an asterisk after this, but generally speaking, in and of itself, the nicotine isn't the deadly thing. It's not the danger. It's the thing that addicts you to the danger. So then that just becomes so confusing because, uh, yeah, because in the case of the cigarette, the nicotine's addicting you to the danger of the tar, whilst mm-hmm. in a vape, the nicotine's addicting you to the danger of whatever the danger of inhaling this steam is. So... So um, nicotine's both the central point and also not not the point, depending on how yeah, you look yeah, at yeah. it. So, for instance, if you have go to chemist warehouse, you can just buy nicotine gum uh, without a prescription. I don't think you even have to be eighteen. And like we live in a pretty strict country in Australia, so clearly the authorities are going well. It can't be. It, it's not nicotine in and of itself, because then, therefore, how come you're allowed to buy nicotine without a prescription from chemist warehouse? Um, <laughs> Especially nicotine. when when irresponsible people invent new ways to use <laughs> nicotine. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, uh, well, in this book, obviously, I mean, anyone who's familiar with my work will not be surprised to know that as soon as anything was presented to me, <laughs> from heat stick to vape to cigarettes to whatever, to shisha pipes, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try this. I'm definitely gonna, not only am I going to try this, but because I'm a storyteller, I'm kind of secretly hoping I would get addicted to it because that's going to be better for the story. But uh, and so I, of course... You've always been your own guinea pig, John. Yeah, I have. So I got... The, I, I started taking nicotine gum and I and because it was such a pure form of nicotine, I was sort of like mildly getting addicted to it, I think. I mean, it's really hard to measure these things, but it's like so disgusting. Like it's it's kind of plain and mm. but also disgusting or whatever. And then I had this eureka moment because I was thinking because the whole thing with the whole way that vapes uh, are marketed is that they're always like fun and flavored. So it's like like bubbly custard vape juice and raspberry <laughs> pie vape juice. And so I was going, oh my god, why don't I do this with this gum? But that I'm liking, but I don't like the taste, and it's all like it's just whatever. I go, why don't I just like go down to the Seven Eleven? I'll buy like Hubba Bubba, and I'll buy a wa- watermelon extra, and I'll start kind of like blending it myself, and I'll sort of like. And I looked up on the internet, and I'm going, surely someone's thought of this before, and no one had. Well, there was nothing oh on the internet God. about it. And it's like I'd invent, and I realized I'd invented this new form of like drug taking, and which I called juicy fruiting. 
So it's like, <laughs> so it's like where you get a, nic- a nicorette or a nicobate or whatever. Oh god, are we even allowed half. to broadcast the method? Oh fuck! And then and then you try different ways like of flavoring. So I did it like, is it called like pig in a poke? Is that what it's called? Like where you wrap a, or I don't know what it is. But yeah, so you right. r- wrap a bit of watermelon extra around the uh, the nicobate cap- capsule, and you chew on it, and you're like you're juicy fruiting. So it's like, um, yeah, it, so it's like. <laughs> And, I, and I, I kind of haven't... Uh, anyway, I don't want to be irresponsible, so I'll, I'll end that story unsatisfactorily here. Don't try this at home, kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It, it's such a great story. And um, I remember yes. 20 years ago or something like that, you were they had this amazing article in a thing called The Eye about how you they tried to recruit you to host a kid's show. And it ended up that it was... Um, a cigarette well, a youth show. A youth show. I don't think thing. it was quite a kid's show. But a youth yeah, show. You're right. Sorry, it was a, a youth Ama- show. Um, amazingly, that story. Oh, yeah, and it ends up being Philip Morris trying to do it. Yeah, I know this. Mm. I know this sounds weird, but because when I'm writing the book, because it's like, I mean, you've read enough of the book where it's like this forward uh, propelling thing where, it, so it just put all these limitations on, like diversions and like it just just for like writing reasons didn't make sense so there were things that you just go my god how can that not be in the book and mm. for so, and um yeah that that story didn't make it in the book which is just bizarre. was it in the pitch of the book no there, there's other things mm. there's other things in the book there's in the book about me uh seeing philip morris uh, philip morris four-wheel drive like a melbro drive into like this little village in uh West Africa when I was on race around the world and oh my God. it's like mud, mud huts and it's all that no electricity and this bright Melbro SUV driving in so I put that in there the, another thing that I'm kind of I didn't put in I put in the thing about how I got in tr- I got taken Warren. to court mm. taken for court to court for putting a trying to get Shane Warne to smoke because he'd taken up it was Nicorette a, a yes, contract that's right. where He'd taken up a contract where I think it was worth a million dollars, but a lot of money, and to endorse uh, Nicorette. And his the one condition was he wasn't allowed to smoke, or definitely not publicly. So this is like one of those things that probably didn't have enough intelligent subtext to it. But you know, come on, you're the chaser guys. You know, there's half an hour to fill. <laughs> we've we've so, seen down that road. <laughs> so, so even though this didn't really have probably enough like intelligent subtext to it, I thought I'd try to. Um, lure Shane Warne back into smoking so he could uh, uh, void his Nicorette <laughs> um, contract. So one of the things I did is I went down to the MCG when he was playing and I got a I got a stuffed seagull and I shoved it on a remote control car and stuck a cigarette between the seagull's lips and I put, sent it out onto the field to Shane Warne. <laughs> And then, then I was arrested by the police for pitch invasion. And then I was, I was taken to court. It was so humiliating because I've done stuff in my career where there's like some good sort of like, yeah, John stuck it to the system kind of subtext. Like, you know, if I went to court mm. for like the Ray Martin thing or even like for this, for this film, at least it'd be like, yeah, it's the little guy against it. But it was like so humiliating having to be in court and like say, um, <laughs> seagull. Anyway, so I put it like a remote control seagull, <laughs> and, and all that, like everyone's sniggering in the court. And uh, yeah, so that that story's made it to it. This other story, 
Because I couldn't figure out, because I thought it was too anticlimactic and I didn't put it in. And it's only since the book I thought, damn, I could have put that in or whatever. Is because I worked, did work experience at an ad agency called Mojo and Partners. And they had the Philip Morris account, but it was like, I never worked on it. But I do remember one afternoon, the account director for Philip Morris came by our desk and said, oh, listen, we're wondering if you can... Um, get some slogans together and some product names together for this new Philip Morris product because we're going to be testing it with a focus group. And I, I'll, I'll get a brief to you later this afternoon. And then, like, it just didn't happen. It was like one of the dozens of things each week at an ad agency that, like, someone says something and then it doesn't happen. So I didn't put that in the book because I just thought it was, like, anticlimactic. It's like it seemed a bit desperate of, <laughs> of me trying to, like make myself complicit but now i realize i could have so anyway i don't but know second bottom edition. line is philip morris is your moriarty it's not going to be a second edition there's going to be another book yeah i know i'm absolutely is. certain this battle's going to span for decades yeah. well you've got to go to the cube be- in switzerland yeah i know you've i hope i haven't burnt myself with philip morris that they're not going to like no, now let it. me go to they, the cube they want to win you over and then they'll offer you yeah. a fat contract with the face of the icos in australia the, yeah. and I, I was shooting. I hope it makes it to TV because I was shooting a thing for the project that, which they're going to cut together, and I was smoking the ICOS in the thing. So I was doing because no one knows what the ICOS is, so I have to do that thing where I'm like, I'm basically the new price is right model who's sort of like slowly mm-hmm. opening that and showing how it put in. So Philip Morris must be happy on that level because they're totally deplatformed the by everyone. They're deplatformed <laughs> by no one wants to talk to them, and one one of the interesting things and. It's like a, it's a bit of a tangle about how Philip Morris aren't getting enough focus on this new product, which there should be a bit of focus. Is that the kind of people who would be against, who are against this product are also just against vaping? So, so for instance, oh, Quit Victoria okay. will just go, "Vaping's awful," and and blah, 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 you shouldn't do it, and this icon, blah, 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 and you shouldn't do it, and it's all just bundled in together. Which is like that's fine, that's a, their perspective, but it kind of in this tangled way means. Philip Morris is getting away with people not understanding what's going on. Whilst, um, yeah, so, yeah, it'd be pretty cool if I'm the first person to smoke an ICOS on Australian TV. I'm and, just uh, imagining an ad, John, where yes. you're at the MCG and yep. you get an ICOS and you put it on a remote control car between the lips of a pigeon <laughs> yeah, and you, you send it out to Shane Warne and he picks it up and goes, this is better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not safer. No, no. It's a fascinating story, John. Thank you for telling us all about it. And uh, no, good thank luck you very with much. the addiction. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. No, and um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll set up a Facebook group or something where we can all juicy fruit and explain all our different methods of can juicy we, fruiting. Can we invest in it? <laughs> <laughs> John Saffron's new book is called Puff Piece. It's available everywhere right now. And on ebook, regular book. That's if you want to use the pages for Rolly, but also audio book with me squeaking because I know... A lot of people like mm. to hear audio books and people miss my show with Father Bob. Father Bob's big in this book, by the way. I do he Father is. Bob's voice, though, so manage your expectations. But, you know, so it's going to fill <laughs> that emotional hole of, oh, I, I really miss John squeaking in my ears with his <laughs> so. insufferable whining. So buy it in every format is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, John. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Chaser Report. Now with extra whispers. So there you have it, our chat with John Safran. Charles and I enjoyed that enormously. From earlier in the year, as always, our gear is from Rode Microphones and we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. And we'll return on Monday morning with a brand new episode for you. Catch you then.